Hey y'all, Sam Burnham, and welcome to the All the Biscuits Georgia podcast. This is our first official episode, and I'm thankful you've decided to give us a listen. I'd like to start out this episode with a word for Broad Street Guitars at 338 Broad Street, downtown Rome, Georgia. They're a step-up guitar shop. They feature new and used stringed instruments and accessories, whether you're a pro or an enthusiastic beginner, Broad Street Guitars is sure to have the instrument and accessories you need. So y'all check them out, and while you're there, tell Shane we said hi. That was Shane West that you heard in our intro with his song, Georgia Moon. He's one of a multitude of great Georgia musicians, and we're happy to have a taste of his work as part of our podcast. We often get questions about the name All the Biscuits in Georgia. It is an odd name. It surely leads people to think that we're a food blog, and food and restaurants are topics that we cover. But that's not why we chose the name. To be honest, I don't remember exactly how I came up with the name. I started blogging with a few friends, and when that site folded, I decided to start one for myself. The name came to me while I was brainstorming for names for a blog. Over time, it has come to be a metaphor, with a biscuit being a simple thing, the most basic of items on a southern table, but at the same time, being unique to that cook's table. Everyone has a different recipe, often handed down by families from generation to generation little white sheets of notebook paper or maybe note cards in a small plastic box or a metal box in the kitchen. They bring people together and even form nostalgic memories. They're about home comfort, tradition, sustenance. They're simple but unique and nuanced, just like life in the South. It's hard to think of a better metaphor for life in the South than a biscuit and all the different what forms that it can take. Different tastes, different memories, different textures, but still very much the same thing, just depending on where you are at the moment. Next, I'd like to welcome special guest uh, for this episode. He is the owner and operator of Grassroots Farms. He's one half of the duo behind Eater Southeast Georgia or Eater Suega, I guess is how you would pronounce that. Suega. 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 That's your uh, Southeast Georgia abbreviation. Uh, He's a decent quail hunter and he's a better Sausage Chef, Brandon Chaco, thanks for joining me today. <laughs> thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Um, hey, I appreciate yeah, it. That pronunciation's odd, isn't it? I, I, I vacillate back and forth between South. I always, in my mind, say it is Sawija, Sawija. Right. Ja being Georgia. 
and right it, and, and and to juxtapose it against the Salwaja Salwaja or what however see Southwest Georgia the reason I started doing it is because Southwest Georgia has had Salwaja or, or Salwaja for for a long time as far as like a way to right. brand and promote Southwest Georgia and like a few years back I I started hashtagging S O U E G A Salwaja being southeast Georgia because it's like we don't have anything collectively and and you know that part of the state just gets dumped on a lot outside of the beaches you know you have the beaches but then you come inland and and we just got a lot of counties and places that kind of get dumped on we get you know people make fun of how how long I-16 is and how boring it is and you know whatever and it's a poor area but it produces an awful lot of, of good stuff you know good food type stuff farms and people and athletes and poets and writers and scholars and doctors and lawyers and, and you know people just in general so you know I felt like I started using it kind of as a joke but then it kind of caught on with me that like you know you do need to be proud you need to be proud of where you live you know and so the absolutely long story, long story short is like something I go back and forth with in my mind but I always say it in my head is Sawija. But um, yeah, man. Thanks for having, oh, having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hey, you know. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay I thought I was losing you there for a bit. Okay, so the um, so what is it that you're doing there with Eater Fawija? Um, well, I tell you, um, that whole thing started. You know, a, a part, a big part of. You know, I have a farm. Uh, it's in Waverly, right. which is a tiny little town outside of Brunswick, uh, in between Brunswick and like Woodbine, Camden County. I'm, I'm in Camden and, um, it's North Camden, so it's like a super rural place. Uh, we love it. And, um, we moved there from Tattnall County. And, uh, and, uh, one thing I had always noticed with, you know, having a farm, doing like the type of, so I'll do direct sales as opposed to, entering my products into like the commodity market, right? And so right. a big part of doing direct sales is that the marketing and promotion falls, you know, and actual sales falls definitely on my shoulders. Um, there's no no large company that's going to take my stuff and buy it and do that for me. And part of that, you know, part of what comes with that is if you do it for long enough, you're going to realize that you don't really have a voice, you know, Um and you need a voice. You don't. You you sort of enter into this game with uh, direct sales to, to restaurants and chefs, uh, where you're selling a premium product. But it doesn't take long to realize that your name is popping up on menus that either you sold them one thing and it's been five years before they bought anything else, oh, yeah. or you haven't ever sold them anything at all. Um, mm. And also, and also, the flip side of that, there there is some truly exceptional places that do put your name on the menu, and they do buy regularly. Um, and so it's like both sides of that. You need a voice to be able to, you know, depend on how you go about it to either promote or discourage that kind of stuff, or at least to let sort of let your story be told. Um, right. And that's sort of the thing with that eater thing. Is that I had done Griffin uh, at Southern Soul is is a guy that does it with me and um, 
you know, on that on Instagram, I had done a takeover of the classic Georgia thing at Classic Georgia on Instagram, and you know, and it was fun, and I enjoy writing, and it, I had a lot of a lot of fun with it. And after I got done, um, Griffin, who I'm friends with, was like, "Hey, man, you know, you should do like an eater, like a play on the eater, because the eater is like." In the food industry, there's this eater company that they have like a magazine, website. They do all the, you know, the restaurant news and stuff like this. And he was like, you ought to do like an eater sawija that basically, (laughs) you know, promotes or whatever you want it to do, you know, because you're a good writer and it's just, it's entertaining. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to set it up and and I'll just give you the password too and we'll just do it together. Um, and so that's what we do. We just both, both basically post freely. Um, there's no real like script and there's no editing. Like he posts something, I'm not going to go in and, and edit his and he's not going to do that to me. And it's pretty obvious. I think right. if you know the two of us, you can kind of tell who's posting what, but, um, we just do it as, as kind of a way in the, in the beginning. I really wanted to make sure we weren't like making a, a parody of where we live. You know, I didn't want it to be like real lowbrow, like kind of make, you know, you walk a fine line. You live in a poor region of the state. You don't want to make fun of where you live, although there right. is some funny stuff where you live, you know, yeah. but you don't, you know, it's like some things I can make fun of because I live there. I don't necessarily want somebody that lives in Atlanta laughing at it. Right. You know, it's like it's like your friend that maybe sucks at basketball, and it's funny for you to laugh at him, but it ain't cool for somebody else to laugh at him. Right. Uh, you know, and we wanted to do that, and and just to promote Southeast Georgia, so that's what we're trying to do. Oh, that's great, and I've I've really enjoyed it, and uh, the James Calamine takeover was was really cool, and yeah, that was. And awesome. I appreciated your takeover with uh, with Classic Georgia. You did a great job with that. I mean, that that was fun to follow. Uh, yeah, it's so just when uh, we're, you know, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so when we're talking about these these places that you're finding, you're you're digging up the local, you're digging up the, uh, you know, the the mom and pop places as we like to call them. And I know there's been a lot of chat online lately about the uh, the idea behind a gas station biscuit, and you just in Georgia. You really can't beat it. I know one of my favorite places to stop um, is out in Cusa, sort of near the, the Alabama state line. There's a, a truck stop, park store, uh, lunch counter type combination thing where you can get lottery tickets, you can get a case of beer, and you can stop and get some country fried steak gravy or whatever. But they have fantastic biscuits out at Evan Stewart, I mean, it is just absolutely a gas station. It's not even the kind of place like you would say with, uh, you know, re- even the respectable restaurants like uh, Bojangles or a Hardee's or somewhere like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's some decent right. stuff. But this is, you're, we're getting into a whole other level with a gas station biscuit. Interesting thing that you notice, you know, and we, we you know, we claim Southeast Georgia and, um, you know, it, but it, you, there's places like like Southeast Georgia all throughout the United States, you know, and um, and you're talking about places that's like really rural. I'm talking you go if you go to Reedsville, for example, which is in Tattnall County, 
um, farm country, you know, southeast Georgia, and you're in Reedsville, you're definitely going to be able to find a lot of stuff at the gas station, you know, and it's like it's probably just a sort of a byproduct that there's really not a lot to eat there. I mean, you're 45 minutes from Walmart. There's not a you – know, there's a McDonald's that's pretty new. Um, I mean, it, you know, and it was such a big deal when McDonald's opened up that, it, you know, it made the front page of the paper. Um, and so you go to the, you, you know, you go to the gas station and it's like, they got, you know, they got the gas station coffee, which you, 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 you grow to love. And, um, and they have the, you know, this great breakfast with homemade like scratch biscuits and stuff like this. And then they'll have lunch, fried okra and, you know, and then they, they, they sell bullets, you know, <laughs> they sell fish and stuff, right. And it's like every, a lot of stuff can be found at the gas station. Right. And you do, man. You find these fantastic biscuits and you kind of grow up with them. And I guess for me, I always sort of assumed that everybody had that and everybody knew about that. And, and I found out a few years ago just through Twitter and tweeting that, you know, I tweeted something about gas station biscuits and apparently it, a lot of people aren't, weren't aware of that. And it, it sort of turned into a magazine article. Um, you know, it, it kind of—it was just sort of, sort of like one more thing that kind of gets you thinking. Like, how much of this stuff that you're thinking about on a daily basis that's just sort of like, you know, not even a, a, a huge thought in your mind. How much of this is out there that that really need, probably needs to be more, you know, just more exposure for that type? Because it's a piece of—it's a piece of America. It's like a piece of a bigger story too. Oh yeah, I, I know. Um, I even. Even 16, 17 years ago, uh, when I lived down on the other end of the county, uh, the guy I was working for at the time, on my way in, I would run down to, you know, past his place. Uh, there's a place you go in there and they, you know, it was a, a family that owned a, a locally owned gas station and they had mm-hmm. somebody's grandmother they had hired and she's in there making her biscuits that she's been making for years, you know, and it's, if you're not going to your own grandmother's kitchen to get some biscuits for breakfast, you know, you're, you're doing pretty good going to somebody else. <laughs> so would, would they've got her stacked up there, and she's doing bacon, and she's doing sausage, and she's doing, you know, the country fried steak or whatever that she can put on a biscuit. And, and again, like you said, you're going in and you're getting a, a made-from-scratch biscuit, and we're not even necessarily talking about like the quick trip or the racetrack or one of these fancy things. No. We're talking about yeah. a little hole in the wall gas station. Yeah. Like there's no quick trips in South Georgia. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we just you know have I mean? a uh, racetrack open here in town. I mean, most we don't have anything like that here. Yeah. We uh, have until it's like a little bit, a little bit fancier, like uh, Parker's, uh, which I think is owned by some guys out of Vidalia. And there's some change, right. but you definitely you don't have the 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 gloss of like you know Quick Trip is like just a, a amazing you know gas station, <laughs> right? But probably not doing like made from scratch biscuits. So. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I hear they've got killer hot dogs, but you're not going to get a, a good sauce and biscuit, you know, side of gravy or whatever from a Quick Trip. It's just if you do, it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah, and you go in. You go in a lot of these places, and you know the old men are sitting in there eating breakfast, talking about whatever old men talk about. You know, right. and there's a lot. 
and and it's a fantastic product and you know and it's in these places that people either don't realize that they exist or they've forgotten that you know we all come from these places if you trace your lineage back every last one of us came has you know either your grandparents or or maybe your great-grandparents came from places just like that right Right, and I know like here in town, the one that I was mentioning out of Devon's, our one specific night, it's getting toward evening. I I was in there getting some fuel, and um, man came out of the lunch counter area, and it was kind of funny because he's he's a character, and everybody out there knows him. He's a regular, and he holds his bag up over his head with his little basket in there. With, Food in it or whatever. He's like, hey, dinner's done. Dinner's ready and the dishes are done. And kind of laughed. Everybody chuckled with him. And, you know, he, he's an old widow's man and he lives by himself. But, you know, again, like uh-huh. you said, people there know him. He, he hangs out in this, this spot. And, and then there, or maybe not anywhere else, he's, he's somebody. He's, he's, you know, part of the crew. That's right. So, and, yeah, and that's I right, think yeah. those are the sorts of places we miss out on that. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's definitely part of a bigger, a bigger story, and it's also part of a you know a story that's actually you know sort of disappearing, and has been disappearing, uh, right before your eyes, you know, for for a long time. I mean, you you go to a town like like Reedsville, for example, and you know there used to be a movie theater in Reedsville, like. That's crazy to think about, but there was. There was a movie theater. You know, there there was more places to eat 20 years ago than there are now. You know, there was right. more kids. Um, you know, and it's, there was more jobs, right? There was more, like, mid-sized farms. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, something, when you lost the mid-sized farm, when that, when that finally, when that casket, you know, for all intents and purposes, closed, uh, you really lost something. Because you right. lost, you know, part of your culture, and you just right. made it impossible. It made it impossible for, for a lot of average people to stay in places like that, and it's a shame. Yeah, absolutely you know? agree on that. But yeah, you absolutely. can get some, get some dynamite food in a gas station, like right. You know, and it's sort of funny because I guess they're they're still around because they do sell gas, and everybody needs those. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they're sort of capturing a little niche on on the uh, on the food corner, and I guess that's just really even though your ingredients and whatnot mm-hmm. may be not local, you're still that's as close as you're going to get to local eating in a place like well, Reedsville or or Waverly. Yeah, well, no doubt about that. Outside of like finding a farm stand or something, which which you definitely find. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's just, yeah, it's just it's it's like necessity's the mother of of invention, and somebody's always enterprising enough to to say, well, everybody's coming here to begin with, you know, for gas, and I guess it just it just kind of blossoms from there. And it, I mean, right. there's just something funny about being able to go get gas, beer, bullets, fish and lures, cooked food, <laughs> you know. <laughs> whatever and it's in a gas station and there's something funny about that i think especially to people that don't see that very often yeah you know that's such a neat uniquely georgia sort of thing 
or at least uniquely in the South. I'm sure we could probably go to Alabama and find a gas station biscuit. Oh yeah, in bullets, you know, but and, but right, uh, <laughs> bullets, yeah, fish lures, I mean, and I was, beer. That's right. I was talking to somebody today about how, like, you know, when you live in an area, if you come out to where my farm is, you don't, you'll never see police typically around. I mean, I'll go days without seeing a police officer. Right. You know, and it's like there, there is an a, like a. I think about that sometimes driving around because you'll see like, you know honor system veggie stands and stuff like this and, you know and it's wild because you're in a place with like rampant poverty and, and drug addiction in some of those areas and um and there's a lot of great people too obviously and but there's still like this code of like ethics right and you don't it, right. you, know, you don't have have the police around to have to enforce every little thing but it's sort of understood i think probably that like everybody's armed right i mean yeah. <laughs> like we're all packing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Keep everybody honest. So I, I did. I saw you had posted some uh, honor system farm stand. That was really cool. That was, you know, I don't that's know. That's, 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 dude, that's totally something that is, is exactly like the gas station biscuit kind of, kind of deal where you pass them all the time and, and you never even stop to think that this actually probably doesn't exist maybe you know it only exists in places like this right and you, and you can do there's around the farm there's a there's an honor system garlic guy that i know um you see honor system honey a lot but then you know you'll see just veggies and it's just you know somebody has an abundance of something and they probably have a little farm stand and when they're not open boom it's the honor system type thing and um and, and it's cool man it's awesome that's awesome. It is definitely. I, always, I try to stop, you know, buy something. We all oh, we yeah. all fall victim to to being in such a rush all the time, no matter where you live. But um, you know, it's just cool little things like that that you hope, you know, you, you hope are still around. You know, when right. when you're an old man or when your kids are your age or whatever. But it's something that you want your grandkids to see one day. Yeah, I think it's part of who we are. Right, preserving who we are as a people—that's outstanding. Yeah, and and hopefully, then we will we will definitely continue to do that. So, yeah. well, all right. Well, let me ask. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I agree with you. Oh yeah. Well, let me ask you about um about what you got going on with grassroots right now. You're getting into your uh your merchandise selling campaign. Let me know what you, what you, what are you doing down there with that. Oh man, uh, I always sell T-shirts periodically, and uh, try not to get too salesy with it. But but it does it does help out. You know, I need to. Um, what I'm what I'm trying to do is kind of revamp. I primarily sell wholesale meat right now, and um, but since we since we've moved to Camden, which definitely has you know St. Mary's and Kingsland and Brunswick, which are which are bigger towns, <clears throat> I felt like you know we could probably try again to sort of get back into the retail a little bit you know and to do that you got to have um all the meat you know gets usda processed but you got to have logos and, and labels and, and all that stuff costs money and so i was thinking you know we'll just try to sell some shirts this summer see if i can drum up some money for that and uh maybe we can add that next year so right now just selling uh just our farm shirts and stuff they're 
people seem to think they're funny, um, and I, I sell them on you know, on the website. And I think we're doing some Eater Sawija, uh gear as well, which we have okay. up. But uh, we got a couple things right. in the work, which I think will be pretty cool. And uh, people, can, you can just go on my website, vgrassrootsfarm.com. And uh, it'll it'll prompt you, and I'll be selling the the stuff. What I do is I'll sell for a few weeks, and then basically stop the sell, and I call it a pre-sale. Basically, it just enables you, like people can go ahead and pay, buy it, and then I can tally up how many I actually sold, and then go to print without coming out, you know, coming off of like you know a million shirts and all that overhead, and then and then hoping I sell them. It just you know you right. it enables you to make more money. Or more, yeah. I guess, more accurate money. Um, so I'll be doing that, you know. And uh, anybody that wants to get outfitted, you know, you don't want to go around naked all summer, right? So no, summer, no, no. Summer view, you know. Get, get you may not need socks. Just use a shirt and a hat. That's right. Yeah, we do hat <laughs> shirts. Um, you know, so we have a lot of fun with it. Like try to keep it fun. Yeah, the peanut butter and mayo. Yeah, man, we had uh, that was that was a funny one. That was a good obscure, <laughs> nasty sandwich, but a lot of people love them. <laughs> oh well, uh, I know we're probably gonna get ribbed for for teasing on the, the peanut butter mayo sandwich. A lot of guys down there will really enjoy those. And oh, my mom into it. That was our good friend, Brendan Chonko of Grassroots Farms. He's a farmer. He's a writer. He's a photographer. Like I said, he's a decent quail hunter and even better sausage chef. In fact, uh, we call him the Sausage King of Camden because the man raises some fine pork and can make some good food. Y'all check him out. Look at some of the goods he's got for sale there at his website, The Grassroots Farm. Dot com. Well, that's about all we've got for today. I thank you all for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed it. Bear with us as we get used to all the, the little quirks and, and problems and technical difficulties that arrive as we're still trying to learn how this crazy podcasting thing works. We'll get the hang of it as we keep going. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. Hey, we'll be home with bound. I want to see Dixie